What's up, people? Welcome back to the Over in 80 Minutes podcast. This week, I'm joined by an incredible guest. He is 23 years old, but he's already represented Canada age grade. He is the number 26 pick in the MLR US Collegiate Draft. He is the Canadian Cowboy. He is now the newest member of the Giltinis. He's got the best gap to the smile you've seen since a young Mick Foley. His name is James O'Neill. James, how are you, sir? How are you getting on? Mr. Matthews, I'm doing well. Thanks for the, uh, that intro. Intro was a bit uh, long-winded, not going to lie, but... Uh... Yeah, too um, long, short. Got to keep it short and sweet. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just pumping my uh, tires a little bit too much there, but uh, yeah, no, things are great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm a huge fan of the show. Mate, I'm glad you finally came on. I was buzzing the second I the second I saw that there was a chance to get you on. I was like, no, have to do it. I think I messaged you the second the draft went through. So before we get started, we get all to that good stuff. I'm just gonna give a quick shout out to our good partners, Wild Haggis. Wild Haggis are once again partners of the podcast. They've got your pre, they've got your pre-workout, your BCAs, your proteins. They've also got their own fitness range, including exclusive women's products. Everything that you want there, just use product over an eighty. That's O V E E R I N eight zero, all in block capitals. That gets you ten percent off the checkout. All the best stuff made by Scottish people. And if you know anything about Scotland, absolutely made of granite and hard hat. So that's the people you want to buy protein from. Uh, that's out of the way. James, we're just gonna get started with the quick fire questions. I'm so happy to have you on get them going and we'll get them done so easy just first one that comes in your head just get them just say what comes in your head and then we'll be fine any tricky questions or any questionable answers we'll call you out on them and then we'll see how you do all right sounds good i'll give it a go <laughs> amazing right mate tea or coffee coffee every day night out or night in night out with the boys night in with the missus <laughs> one answer that's that's media it's finest there that's that's personalized <laughs> media training yeah there you go, go. Right, would you rather score a try or make a try save and turnover? Try save and turnover every day. Exactly. Sweets or chocolate? Sweets. Nice. Rugby or dogs? If you have to get rid of one tomorrow, which one do you get rid of? <laughs> I'm the worst <laughs> ever. Getting rid of rugby because how can you get rid of dogs? But I, I lose either way, so thanks for that. <laughs> Man, I know you're a big dog man. That's why I asked it. Right. <laughs> would you rather watch a movie or a TV series? TV series. I love binging. I, I just, nice. I can, you know, if I have a bit of time on a Sunday, I'll just flick it on and get after. <laughs> nice sevens or fifteens. Fifteen. Too slow for sevens, unfortunately. No, you, you guys were all right when we played. <laughs> yeah. Right. One to relax. Would you rather have a bath or a shower? Say shower. Just, uh, I just, I just can't really sit still for uh, too, too long. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Say shower. Showers. Well. Nice. On your night out with the boys, would you rather be in a nightclub or a good pub with some live music? Oh, good pub, 100%. Just, uh, I can't do up, do the, uh, the loud music, trying to yell at the boys and stuff, people sweating on me. <laughs> I, I sweat <laughs> as it is, you know. So. Exactly, exactly. Right, arms day or leg day in the gym, which one do you want to hit? Gotta go leg day. Gotta go leg day, because uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I make too much fun of people who wear uh, sweatpants to the gym and truck pants, you know, just, just can't do it. You can't do it. You gotta exactly. wear it. Gotta wear shorts. Gotta go let the puppies breathe. That's what you gotta do. There you go, 100%. <laughs> right, would you rather have Tim Hortons or Five Guys? I'd say Tim's, for sure, yeah. Tim's. Tim's is a good uh, good staple of any good Canadian diet, you know? <laughs> have to ask you in a few years after you've got that LA sun on you, see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> good point, yeah. Holy. Right, now, if you're trying to if you're trying to get something organized, are you a FaceTime or are you a text kind of guy? Man, I am a FaceTime kind of guy, absolutely. Just cut to the chase, just get after it. Cause sometimes, you know, you get some, uh, group chats going, things are good banter with the fellas and stuff, but, uh, which is all good. But, uh, you know, you always have that one guy in the group who 
keeps cracking great jokes when you're trying to get things moving along. So just, yep, FaceTime, uh, cut to the chase, get going. <laughs> I'm the guy that's cracking the jokes, so I'll, I'll, I'll take responsibility for that. The quality banter, man. <laughs> All good, though. <laughs> right, mate, would you rather be a Jedi from Star Wars or an elf from Lord of the Rings? More of a Lord of the Rings guy. Um... But I'd have to be a Jedi over an elf, I think. Just the yeah, ability to use the force. I, I, you know, just that's something else right there. So <laughs> good. I didn't know how that question was gonna go, but I'm happy. Right, <laughs> mate. Socks socks and sliders. Do you know what socks and sliders are? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So are they a yes or a no? Are you a fan or are you an open toed kind of guy? Uh yeah, yeah, I would go with that. I've i definitely uh, been guilty of rocking socks and sliders uh, from time to time. Um, you know, it's got to be. It's not. You're not going to look super glamorous or anything, but you're you're comfortable. So that's all I really <laughs> Comfort, comfort over style every day. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Right, What's your go-to musical when you're feeling like having a wee sing song? Musical, obviously, yeah. Mamma Mia, man. It's just every song is a sing along. You know, you just, Mama I don't Mia. know what it is. You just you just know the uh, know the words and whatnot, and <laughs> just good vibes. Mate, I've known you for 10 years. I never took you for an ABBA fan. Never yeah, once really? took you for an ABBA fan. <laughs> You've yeah, kept that quiet. <laughs> just, uh, you got to keep your cards uh, close to your chest, you know? <laughs> right, mate. Uh, if you, would you rather have a team activity day out or a team night out? So would you rather have, like, say, an organized fun day activities or just boys on the first? <clears throat> yeah, the PC answer would definitely be uh, fun, <laughs> uh, fun lads activity during the day, but you know, all the good stories come from a good night's uh, good night out with the boys. So definitely got to go uh, good team, you know, with the lad. Exactly, mate. As we were saying before we came on, you're about to go party with Matt Gitto and Adam Ashley Cooper. You're about to have some fun stories to tell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, I don't scare them away too badly down there. You know, uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'll just try and uh, keep my mouth shut and keep things moving, work hard. But yeah, it's, it'll be awesome, man. It'll be crazy. Yeah, I'm buzzing for you. And lastly, Maple Leafs or Canucks? I hate them both. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big Flames fan, but if I'd choose between the two, uh, I guess <laughs> Leafs because you know I just they've lost so many times and I just feel bad for them more or less. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but those Canucks, so, yeah, yeah, Leafs over Canucks, I think. Exactly. Uh, you can blame you can blame the other schools. When we came to Canada, we got forced to support the Canucks, man. I tried to get a Flames jersey, couldn't do it. Man, I'll send you one. No worries. <laughs> mate, you got to send me a signed LA top after your first year. Mate, yeah. the plan the plan for the podcast when this like get a partition, make it like its own little studio, get some yeah. signed stuff up there. You have man. to hook me up. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know, it might be uh, a little hat from the gift shop or something initially, you know, but uh, <laughs> I'll work on uh, work, moving up the ranks to get a jersey for you. Mate, I'll pay. I'll pay for it. You sign it and send it, and I'll pay for it. I'll send you the cash. Man, it's gonna devalue the jersey so much if I sign it. No, anything goes. Up. That's memorabilia. There you go. Mate, I've, I've got. I've, hey, when we get on to talk about it, I've got an interesting stat that makes you a name in history in the MLR. So don't you worry. No way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. But before we get started, we're just gonna talk about it, mate. How do you discover rugby in Canada? Because obviously, so like, what's the rugby like in Canada? Like when you're growing up in primary, in what's it, elementary school? Elementary. School. Yeah, um, yeah. Honestly, because it's not uh, a main staple sport by any means. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of a niche thing in Canada for sure. When I was introduced to the game, I was nine years old, and my friend 
just invited me down to uh, like a touch session uh, mm -hmm. in the middle of winter. It was just uh, inside a gym, gymnasium. So I, I didn't really know much about it. The obviously, uh, well, both my parents are from Britain. My dad is born in Scotland, and uh, my mom was born in England. If I don't tell a lot of people that. So, uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, so they they obviously knew the game. It didn't really introduce it to me uh, when I was younger. Um, but yeah, just kind of got involved with the touch stuff. And then there's a few local clubs in the area. Again, nothing big, but in Calgary, off the top of my head, I think there's about six six clubs. So you have playing a round robin competition and then uh up in edmonton there's a club scene up there as well so it's it's good crack there's good uh great guys in the system down here uh boy in canada um honestly just kind of a a big community you know in just because uh the landscape is so niche in canada you kind of if you're in the scene long enough you kind of just get to know a lot of most people just through association or just meeting other people from across the country and things. So, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of a weird one for me the way it's all started out, but obviously going all right now and super stoked about it. So. Oh, sick, man. That's cool. Uh, so when you started, like you said, you started at nine, did you have like a, when your dad, like, so when you got invited to that by your friend, was your dad like, I know, I know what this is. I'll tell you about it. Or is your dad just like, I'll just let you go and find it for yourself. And if you like it, if, if you like it, you like it. And if not, we'll do something else or. Yeah, basically, uh, that was kind of a theme with both my parents, super supportive. They mm -hmm. they helped me out uh, whenever they could, you know. Obviously, mom drove me everywhere, and the old man coached most of the club teams I was on growing up. So they were always heavily involved and big part of that. But it was, you know, they are never forcing her hand or anything. They are mm -hmm. never, you know, hey, yeah, you got to oh, practice. was terrible today, blah, 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 you know, like mm – -hmm sit down and girl, you know, like you see those classic like hockey, hockey dads or football parents. I'm sure you know about it back in the UK, but, um, Mate, my dad was my coach. I had that. That was my life. <laughs> really? He did yeah. he really, yeah, for every little mistake. Oh. He made, but surely he didn't make a lot of mistakes, man. You last play, classy operator. Mate, I'm still living off that one game we played against Jonagan. That's still the best game I've ever played. So I'm living off that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, happy, uh, happy you could have a good moment there. Man. Yeah. It's, it's, Cool, cool experience at least. Mate, no, I'm glad. I'm glad your dad was like that. It's really cool. Like, I know it must be fun having your dad as a coach. Was that? Did that give you any like sort of pressures as like a young kid? Was there like um? So I don't know how the pathway. We'll move into it in a different way. So you said the rugby scene in Canada goes in. Obviously, your dad's going there. How? Because we know when we talk about stuff like when we see the the North American sports from over here, there's like very much like a pathway. Like you look at players like. LeBron and they're they're playing from high school and they're so they know that they're going to be an NBA star by the time they're like twelve. What's it like for the rugby in Canada? Does that follow the same principle? Does that follow things like that, or is it? Yeah. So with rugby, it's I think it depends on the province you're in. But well, actually, no. Initially, all across the board, when you're in elementary, the sort of thing, so primary. Mm -hmm. you um it's all clubs so there's it's not not through the schools it's all through yeah uh just private association um mm -hmm. so you, you show up for your club team uh and then if you're good enough you'll usually get tapped on the shoulder and get invited to provincial stuff so when i was growing up there was a national tournament so all the provinces uh would meet up for a week-long tournament and it would just kind of be around well yeah there'd be two pools you play mm -hmm. each other and then 
basically going to the finals and et cetera. You basically have a chance to showcase your talent. And then from there, then there's age grade Canada. So mm-hmm. it starts out, you well, when, yeah, when I was growing up, it started at U17 and then goes all the way up to like U18, U19 to U20. And then now once you hit U20, there's a program called the Pacific Pride, which I'm actually in currently as well. So it's the mm-hmm. Canada Development Academy. Okay. So my roommate and I are in that. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so that's pretty much it. So basically you, you play club and then there'll be trials for your province and et cetera. But there, there is <clears throat> rugby in university here. We, um, I uh, played three seasons in the national championship with uh, UVic Bikes. The legends. Go bikes. Uh, yeah, go bikes. Yeah, exactly. Not the bikes. Uh, yeah. So, but basically, yeah. So that that pathway is growing. So basically, there's two pathways. So mm-hmm. long, uh, long answer short. There's through the club system, <laughs> you get the you get provincial things, and get to the age grade. Or now there there is rugby played in high school as well, and then you have an opportunity to go play university. So the big universities are kind of UVic, UBC, Queens. Concordia is growing, um, you know, Trent, Trent uh, Excalibur out in uh, Peterborough, Ontario. They're huge. They, yeah, my roommate Emerson Fryer, they actually have a statue made of him at the gates. Oh, it's, nice. uh, yeah, yeah, he's great. No, I'm just messing around. <laughs> but, uh, I, thought, I thought you were being deadly serious. Though. I was like, how good do you have to be as a uni, a university athlete to get a statue made of you at the gate? I know. Why, I is, know. why does James O'Neill not have one at the University of Vic? <laughs> just sounds like a waste of time to me but uh yeah no um so yeah there's basically two pathways so you can go through the school system and go through the club system age grade sort of thing and, and then what you're saying it's kind of tough uh to some some guys get picked up really early like it mm-hmm. has happened in canada uh like your tyler Ardrons, jeff hasslers they uh came through u20 system and then they had an opportunity to go train in like a welsh academy system at the time there was 12 canadians training in wales full-time and then they got picked some, some of them got picked up uh, for pro contracts over there and and then they just kind of took off from there so it's the thing with rugby in canada it's a bit of a cowboys game more or less kind of chase the ball wherever you can go i've had lucky luckily enough i was I had the opportunity to go down to new zealand play there for six months um and obviously you know got to come to beautiful peoples and and play your beautiful face as well and so th- there are opportunities for it in canada but it's it's more or less what you make of it so you basically get out where you put in oh well that's good it's good that the game's growing like that's i think that's the main point i want to try and get over in this case is how fast it is growing because i've been i've become a, a convert to the mlr i've really enjoyed watching it over the past year and i think when 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 rugby's growing in a new country that's only a good thing for everybody involved yeah so. it's awesome and i mean the mlr they're also americanizing it as well which is awesome because they understand um how it works in their market, right? I mean, they're trying to, obviously Austin's the only team that has the uh, nameplates in the back of the jerseys, but they're trying to spread it uh, to every team just so that kids growing up, you know, because obviously, again, rugby's not super popular and well-known. Um, then they kind of will see the name name tags and then they'll get to know players just like they do in NFL and NBA and, and then kind of grow the game that way. But, I mean, yeah, it seems to be working right now. There's a lot of buzz around it. So and it's yeah, it's pretty exciting league for sure. Exactly. How I I've never understood why rugby's taken so long to pick up in North America, especially like how much you guys like. For example, 
like obviously the US loves their American football. It's like the biggest 18 weeks of the year. But then you guys up in Canada, you all live and breathe hockey. And that is just fighting on ice. And occasionally you guys play sport. Yeah. Which rugby is, except on ice it's on grass. And then it's just a fight for 80 minutes. So, yeah. Like, I don't... Do you think it can? Like, do you think it could become a big, massive, almost show like it is with the, the other sports? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean... I'm not, expect, I'm not expecting you to have the answer to solve it, but what's your opinion? Yeah, let me just uh, pull that out of the air. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, hope. I mean, I'd hope uh, that it would one day, but it's just um, tough, tough market to get into, right? I mean, just speaking about it, in Canada, there's just obviously hockey's been around for a very long time, and it's just generational thing built in families and things. And I know just from speaking from personal perspective, uh, coming from Cochrane in uh, in town there football uh so basically the, some of the best athletes will play hockey they play american football and um basically if you play for my one high school back in well i went to Shawning lake but uh if i stayed in cochran we're going to cochran high and then the football coach there basically you play football in the fall and then the the rugby season in the spring and if you're coming back for the football team he doesn't let his players play rugby because he's worried about them getting injured wow. but you're right but then but then after the grade 12 year they play their final year for the high school and then he doesn't care about them after that right like well obviously he cares about them but he doesn't care if they get injured they're not going to come back and play high school football so then all the boys finally come out in their grade 12 year give it a go just for a bit of a laugh and they all love it and they're they're all saying why have not tried this earlier you know so i, I think it just combination of generational thing and just influence from what i've seen anyway but yeah i mean hopefully it gets off the ground i mean i'm always gonna help it for sure i agree right you touched on nicely on my next point i want to talk to you about shonigan lake because that was the most picturesque high school musical looking place i've ever seen when i got there that is so what is shonigan lake is, is pretty much the number one school in canada especially for everything and anything like when you look at the i was on the website doing research for this and I was looking at the and I was looking at the alumni page of all the names coming out, and it was just like Olympic gold medalist, professional athlete, master of science, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure the cure for cancer is probably going to be on that list soon one day as well because those guys are incredible. So, what's it like going? So, how did you get picked up for Shawinigan Lake? Did you did you apply or did they come to you? What we were talking about earlier with people tapping you on the shoulder saying, "Come over here." Yeah, basically, yeah, it was a funny one. Uh, so in grade eight when uh, I was playing for a team called the Celtic Barbarians. So it's basically a rep side from Alberta, invite, um, you know, not a big deal when you're grade eight. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I uh, went on tour to Vancouver Island and played against Oak Bay High School, played against Shawnigan Lake and played against Brentwood. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so our head coach at the time, Cam Wilton, he, you know, I'm a parent's, or, yeah, my, my old man came along the tour to help manage, uh, keep keep us young bucks in line. Even though you know he things probably got a little out of hand for him on that tour. To be honest with you, the uh, parents love to send it anyway. Not the point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically he was just chatting away to the coach Cam Wilton, and he was he kind of asked my parents, you know, <laughs> if if you were to send your kid to Shawnigan and Brentwood, which would it be? And they kind of laughed because they're like, there's no way we'd be in it within. 10 miles of that school you know just, just prestige and whatnot and that was probably he was yeah well if 
I won the lottery one day, definitely go to Shawnigan. And mm-hmm. a few months later, we received invites uh, in the mail uh, because Cam was uh, an alumni of alumni of Brentwood, but basically Brentwood Shawnigan, they didn't know each other very well. And then they basically brought us out for just to come see the school, get a, get a feel for it for four days. Um, see, you know, all the madness happens in the, in the boarding house and see the classes and how that operates. And then, yeah, and then got an offer to come and it was crazy. I mean, great story actually. Um, basically, uh, our parents told us that we got full rides to school. So we, nice. uh, me and my brother were super stoked about that, but they actually didn't tell us that it was actually, they offered us a two for one deal. So buy one, get one free. So they'd only pay for one of our tuition, but they didn't tell us that. So my mom actually got a second job driving school bus just to like help pay for it. And Oh, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. And just had no idea at all and, until we graduated and they told us. So super humbling and obviously wouldn't be here without her, obviously mm-hmm. both our parents, but I mean, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, the experience going there was outstanding. I mean, um, you know, the people you meet there and, just it's just another world right like you you're going to school with one percenters and you know incredibly nice people and all the rest of it great community vibes there but yeah it's definitely definitely very daunting when you first there you're kind of pinching yourself you're like am i really here right now is this really my school like yeah it's insane it's beautiful beautiful facility great teachers there and everything when i was there um i think you know when i was there david robertson was the uh was the headmaster and i think he did an outstanding job a great culture there and a great family feel you know and you, mm-hmm. you got to rub shoulders with the likes of people like gary duclo who uh was involved with the canadian squad back in 1987 went to the world cup and you know guys like andrew monroe uh who's scott but obviously canadian international um tim murdy was a fantastic coach you know he just you know helped me out with my game so much and i, I know I'm definitely gonna be missing people in this interview because there's far too many to mention but you know just yeah so lucky to go there and have that experience i mean i was super excited about it uh basically grabbed the opportunity with both hands and just, yeah just incredibly lucky he's uh no shonigan shonigan was an incredible school when i i mean we were only there for like four days or something like that and we thought it was the best thing we'd ever seen we remember the jokes so um we were talking about you remember the big canteen they have there like the big school like the big school hall yeah marion hall, hall. Yeah, we were all laughing. So remember, so we were all sat there as like little tourist kids on. Like, I think we had just gone and raided the local Hollister for all the stuff because it was like twenty dollars cheaper, or the equivalent of twenty dollars cheaper where you were than when we were. Because it was when it's still a brand. So yeah, we yeah. looked like a we looked like a walking advert for Hollister. Like these forty kids all sat there, like <laughs> half girls, half boys playing hockey and rugby, and we were in this massive canteen. And then we just, I think at one point, I just looked up around the thing and I. I was just talking to my best mate. We were on tour, and I was like, "I, I would put good money that this building is bigger than my house." Like, <laughs> and it's just a hollowed out canteen. But no, back to back to what you're saying about your your mom. That's incredible because I I know you, I know you and your brother. I never had the privilege of meeting your mom and your dad, even when I was across in Cochrane. I never had the privilege of meeting them. But that's an incredible story that your mom and dad were just putting you through on a two for one and didn't even tell you guys. Yeah, had no idea. I mean, they both humble people. The, well, the old man is a policeman in calgary and then my mom uh got into real estate uh a little bit uh you know after we moved to canada from because i was obviously born in england originally again 
tell a lot of people that. But uh, and then moved to Canada when I was four. So um, yeah, basically raised Canadian, but uh, British parents. But yeah, they yeah, it's crazy how they made it work, and still to this day, super thankful. So exactly. Well, I'm sure you'll repay them back in the long run. Yeah, you know, just earn all those big bucks in rugby, you know. The, the, the big rugby contract. Yeah. The, the James, the James O'Neill Jordan will be soon. Oh man, that's that's uh, that's a tall order for sure. Is, is that is that on the little the little metaphorical blackboard that you've got the circle? It's like I've made it when I've got my own shoot. Oh yeah, I actually had a very funny enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you knew that, but yeah. No. I can imagine it now just the Steph Curry, the James O'Neill, the the Kobe, and then the LeBron. Just I don't know, man. Just, I don't know if they'll be able to push uh, the toothless scumbag uh, brand, you know, but uh, <laughs> and whatnot. I never, I never said you were a scumbag. I called you just toothless. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I said that. I uh, spoke too soon. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. No. Hey, I'll vote for you. I think you're a nice guy. I'll, yeah, I'll vote for you. <laughs> You've got the social media banner as well. I don't think there's a single post where you don't question how skinny the jeans are every time I post something. Have to man, you just gotta keep you humble. I know I, your your head's getting way too big over there, man. There's nowhere in uh, over there to bring you back down to ground. Exactly, it's the podcast. That's what we hey, we've been doing it since we were 15. Ever since that first game of rugby play against each other, keep each other humble on the ground. There you go. <laughs> just saying when hi in those rocks and stuff. Exactly. When the, when this podcast becomes worldwide, I'll just expect to text off you every month, just going, "I still had you on strings." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'll never forget story story for the podcast listeners one for the inside. So so how me and James know each other properly. So when James came over to Scotland with his school uh, to save money and make trips more affordable, what they used to do is they used to make the host kid or the kids in the country host the visitors. So I hosted James and um, Simon. I can't oh, his last name escaped me for the last of it. Yeah, Simon he, Gray. Yeah, yeah, Simon Gray. That's it. Simon, if you're listening, I still. I still think we have each other on Instagram. We've been pretty distant. That's mostly my fault. I'm going to get in touch after this to see how he's doing. But so we hosted James and a guy called Simon. And I remember me and James were just mucking about, just wrestling as you do. My mom was like, stop beating up the host. And I was like, mom, this kid is handing me my ass. Like, like, <laughs> like I am not in control of any of this situation. And you, and you're, because you're 23 and I'm 25. So at this point, I think you would have been 16 and I was 18. So I was thinking I was the biggest dick on campus going. And then I just had the 16 just putting me in different headlocks. And I was like, Mom, can you get this kid off me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had to, Deb, Deb, come to the rescue. Yeah, Deb, help. Yeah, <laughs> man, they were all buzzing when I told them I was interviewing you today. They're like, oh, how is he? Everybody remembers you. No way, man. Oh, just such good lads, man. Like, all the boys and peoples, man. Just, uh, I, I, hopefully I can uh, come back and visit that beautiful, uh, beautiful town one day. But, um, yeah, just good vibes for sure, man. You great yeah. people down there. It's a date. When you're next over, I'll take. We'll get a couple of days off and get it sorted. Do something. Yeah, show you the hills or something. Not quite as breathtaking as the Rocky Mountains, but still lovely hills. Good walks. I can't wait. Let's do it. Get some beers in as well. There's a few maybe good pubs. Hold. A few good pubs that I can show you in Edinburgh. Beauty. Maybe hold hands while we're walking through the hills or something. You down Just for that? Or what? Reminisce. Old days. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk. Silence is fine. <laughs> No, no word said, but a thousand words were spoken. That's what it'll be. <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> a bit of a poet now, eh? Holy Wait, write that down. Next time, next time you're in trouble with the missus, fire that down. You just have a silent night. <laughs> oh man, don't worry. I got, I got a list of uh, go tos when I'm in trouble. So I'll add it. I'll add it. Hundred percent. Mate, I'm the exact same as you. Have a bunch of quotes ready for when I've made an arson myself. Yeah. <laughs> right, mate. I want to talk to you a bit more about your Sean again, and then um, so. 
as you said, you got picked. Does that come with a bit of pressure as a student athlete? So once again, referring back to like the Americans and how they have these like requirements to be a student athlete, did they come with those at Seanigan or was it just a case of try your hardest and then as long as I know, I know you didn't know this, but if the fees are getting paid, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, essentially it's, you know, on, yeah, on paper, it's just show up and try your hardest and uh, that's it. But I mean, obviously, yeah, you are under pressure just because of the prestige of the school naturally. And then when I got there in grade 10, the grade 12 year, they, their fir the first 15 was crazy. Like you had guys like um, Giuseppe Dutrois and mm -hmm. Ollie Knott who, they're both Canadian international Canadian internationals now and playing on the arrows. You had um, you know a few guys like <laughs> blanking out of course, but Jenner Tufel <laughs> and uh, you know Connor Turner. You had your you know Johnny Norris, just just star studded lineup. Uh, Randall Barton, um, you know just you know just crazy amount of talent there. And basically, you're, you're coming as a grade ten and you're looking up to these guys and man, these guys were. They had the size, they had the skill, they had the mindset. I mean, they you could have put them in the the men's uh, provincial comp and they would have done just fine. I mean, so, and then that's all when you're in grade 10 and you're with all your friends and everything. And it just, you know, that's all you talk about, man. You just, it, um, you know, I, I I did all right as a student, but I, I definitely regret that. I, I wish I worked harder on my studies for sure. But for me, rugby was just, you know, at, at the uh, center of my mindset, um, every besides the first semester I got there, every other semester at or every term, so three terms at Shawnigan, um, like a fall term, winter term, spring term, um, you basically pick a sport to do. And uh, when I first got there, I actually did rowing for a semester uh, or sorry, for a term. And uh, yeah, that was interesting. Too short for the boat, though. So and too heavy to be a cock so just useless there but um but besides that just yeah rugby uh rugby training uh all year round uh lucky enough to have that have the opportunity definitely don't have the opportunity to do that in alberta because you know obviously winter and whatnot but so yeah so that yeah. was the most understated i've ever heard somebody describe canadian winter ever just uh you know winter <laughs> <laughs> it's winter's coming you know so you gotta be ready for it but uh yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, he's just, you know, he's very, because obviously Shining and there's about 350 boarders and about 50 day students. So it's it's a very, very small school. So you kind of get wrapped up in your own little uh, bubble, right? What you're doing. And, and we're hard enough on each other. You know, the people in my grade, you know, Cole Milne, Alejandro Baron, a uh, beautiful Mexican man, gorgeous. Uh, and then, you know, likes of George Barden um, and a, few other lads obviously again blanking you know mike coldwell is just you know there's just talent everywhere everyone from across the country wanted to come there to play rugby and you know put themselves in best position to move forward do well with the sport you know or just have a great time doing it so yeah i had the environment and basically that pressure was definitely more internal i think looking back on it than external but but it was still there regardless so man it's, it's so interesting to see because as you'll as you'll know, like high school sport around here is very much a, it's a you do it because you love it. There's no there's no guarantee to success through it like there is in the American school system and collegiate and higher up systems. So it's very interesting to hear when schools talk about this high school level of I don't know, like for example like what time did, how many times did you guys train a week as a rugby team at Strongin? Off the top of my head, 
you know, CT is getting to me a little bit now and uh, high school is a long time ago. But uh, ooh, I think we trained at least four or five times a week. No, I'd say like three or four times on field, but then we had 6 a.m. gym sessions, I think about three times a week. Uh, and then we had other commitments as well. And so, yeah, it, it was quite a bit uh, with high school, but obviously we're all boarders, so we're there. But I mean, yeah, with every other high school, right? Like it's just like a couple times a week, come out for a bit of a laugh, so. I was gonna say if you if you'd asked my high school to have a six a.m. gym session, no one person would have been there. I de- I definitely would not have been. <laughs> I can't speak for the rest of the boys. I, I have we have some very talented boys in my school, but I would not have been there. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a few boys who are kind of the same, but uh, you know, Tim Murdy just uh, he, that's a guy you just don't want to cross or uh, annoy. That's for sure. So he you know he said six a.m. Uh, yes sir. Yep gonna be there yeah, yeah, be there at half five to help himself yeah exactly yeah no uh, be there at uh quarter after five to put the coffee on for him and you know help him get out of bed and make some breakfast and stuff get there at 11 p.m just play it safe just i, 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 I didn't want to be late so i just came yeah I'll, I'll just sleep on the line it's fine it's all good right i want to talk to you about representing your country at age grade so what's it like because obviously you got to play against the the old enemy of the U.S. and you defeated them on home soil. That must have been good. What was it like? What's it like representing your country at age grade? Because obviously, not saying, not trying to diminish the the achievement because it's not. You're still representing your country, but is it almost more impactful? Because, for example, when I was 17 or 18, my world was so small, and I don't I don't know if it was the same for you. Because obviously, you travel quite a bit. But so when I did anything that was regional or I did anything it felt massive to me. So representing the whole of Canada must have been huge. How did it feel? Yeah. Uh, again, it was great opportunity and just, again, super, super thankful to be able to have that opportunity and, you know, have those moments. But yeah, for me, it, you're totally right. It, it felt huge uh, at the time. And plus when you get to the age grade stuff, especially U20. So U20 in Canada is the first um, level where you don't have to pay to play. So everything's paid for, and so you, you do feel like a bit of a pro. It's pretty sweet. Uh, you you kind of get that taste for it. But uh, in Canada, basically, for the longest time, if you want to kind of properly get on the radar, one of the first kind of teams you have to make is that U20 team, and that's when you kind of get in the mix properly and get to know the right people and whatnot. But, I mean, it's only – you know, I was so uh, you know fortunate to have two years of U20, but – for the majority of guys, you only get that one year, right? Of mm-hmm. so that's that's what makes it even more competitive. Because I mean, I mean, obviously, senior man rugby is just a completely different game altogether, right? You have to be that much bigger, faster, stronger, better, whatever. But you only have that one year at U twenty, right? Where or sometimes two. But um, so yeah, it's super competitive that way. And again, it's uh, no longer paid play. So maybe you get guys coming out who can afford to play for those U18, U19 teams, and then, you know, everyone's competing for those spots and it's hugely competitive. And, yeah, it's definitely a good environment for sure. Good. How was it, how was it defeating America after it? Was there a few a few slightly questionably aged beers getting thrown about in the changing room, or was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's uh, a few stories. Before, before, before anybody gets in trouble, they were all snuck in by the players, and the players are the only people responsible, so nobody gets in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, there you go. Boom. But uh, I like this podcast. Great podcast. But uh, <laughs> Mate, yeah. I told you, I'm, I'm, not here to, I'm not here to rat anybody out. I'm here to get some good stories. <laughs> Cheers, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of, because, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. 
beating the Yanks, man, it's just there's nothing like it. You know, you just water water tastes better, food tastes better. You know, you <laughs> sleep like three, three foot taller. <laughs> oh yeah, big time, man. So yeah, being able to because obviously, well, yeah, basically what happens is we come together as U twenty group, uh, train, and then we'll play against the states. And then whoever wins between us gets to go to the world um, trophy, which is basically obviously S- Scotland plays in the World Cup, uh, Junior World Cup. I mean, last year they're actually going to play in the world trophy, like the division underneath. Mm-hmm. So um, the Canadian boys are really stoked to play against uh, the Scots. But um, but yeah, no. Uh, after beating the Yanks, definitely a few uh, a few uh, OJs and a few uh, you know cans of coke. Or pass around the room, absolutely, but yeah, I'm just trying to think. This the first time we beat them. Yeah, we had a pretty, uh, pretty great night out. But there's, uh, I don't know if I can really talk about those stories, stories on here. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to think. But um, basically, after that U20 year, things got a wee bit out of hand, to say the least. And uh, so the next year, it actually had to be it was just completely dry <laughs> until. Uh, <laughs> Until the end end of the tour, uh, because they just didn't want to take any uh, chances. But yeah, we went out the first year. Had the opportunity to hang out with the Romanian rugby team, the men's team. Uh, get into a few altercations there, and yeah, had. Um, okay. I'm sorry, man. I'm trying to think of some good stories, but I don't know. Man, you've, told, you've told great stories there because we've we've saved everybody's jobs, and you've still you've still got a good job. So you've saved the stories. I'll tell them off air. Off air, me and you will just talk about the story. There you go, hundred percent. Go for a few coronas. <laughs> exactly. We'll do a second. We'll do an after hours podcast when it's like ten p.m. your time and not ten a.m. Cool. <laughs> then I'll be drinking. Then I'll be drinking the coffee, and that's how it will work. Man, you gotta still stay on the beers at that point. Come on, you gotta chase the hair of the dog. So, Mate. But speaking of that, how did you find hanging out with Romanian rugby players? Because I've known Romanians from work and things like that, and they are loose cannons. <laughs> Man, they are. Oh yeah, loose cannons, right? I mean, they just. They, just a different breed, man, and like the greatest respects. They just, you know, obviously everything they've been through as a country, and you meet people from uh, Eastern Europe, and they just have like a different mindset about life, right? Like, especially you meet those rugby players, man, and for a lot of them, you know, obviously rugby is a great opportunity. They kind of had that chance to get out and, you know, see the world and whatnot, and have a good time doing it. But, uh, but yeah, no, they're, they're a lot of fun, man. They they work hard, play hard. That's for sure. Man, that leads on quite nicely. I swear you've got a copy of my notes in front of you because you're doing my job for me. And then since we're talking about meeting rugby players from around the world, you mentioned playing New Zealand for six months. What's it like? How did you enjoy visiting the New Zealand culture and just living that life for half a year? Man, it was awesome. I I got to tell you, Sam, I, I almost didn't come back. I, just, I loved really? it so much. Yeah, I went um, went down to a beautiful little place called Amaru, New Zealand. So, uh, south, south of North Island is on the South Island, so it's uh, about about an hour and a half north of Dunedin. Um, and there's uh, yeah, you're in in a town there, and there's only fifteen thousand people. And right away, I got a taste of how much rugby means in New Zealand because you know you um, fifteen thousand people, and there's we play in a club comp with six teams. Where where I come from, right, like city of Calgary, a uh, couple million people, or yeah, just over. I don't know. I'm not so good at numbers, but a couple million or a million. But uh, you know, there's six teams for that amount of people, right? So it just you get to get a taste of how you know condensed it is and how they can field multiple teams with fifteen thousand people. Um, so yeah, I had the opportunity to go down there. As soon as I got down there, 
you know, within a week felt like I'd been there for a year, already driving through town and waving at people, you know, people knew me as the Canadian kid, like coming down and, you know, obviously stuck out like a sore thumb, but, uh, dude, it's just, you were in the bolo tie, was that it? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> cowboy boots everywhere I went, obviously. Um, yeah, no, but uh, so yeah, funny story actually. When I came down there, so um, basically the club got in contact with uh, Excelsior Blue Bulls of the Blue Bulls Legends. Um, they uh, they basically said, "Yeah, come down, play for us. We'll hook you up with a job and a place to stay. No problem." Said, "Sweet, stay less from there." Uh, went down and. Um, and then when I got there, the uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry man, don't quite have any accommodation for you yet, but no problem. You're gonna stay with your coach." I'm like, "Okay, no worries, all good." So uh, Richie Wilson picks me up. Still talk to him this day. <laughs> Honestly, man, like one of the best people you ever meet, man. That guy is just awesome, awesome guy. Yeah, but, uh, he um, anyway, he picks me up and brings me back to his place. Uh, he he has a bit of uh, I think he lives on about an acre, maybe half an acre, and. Uh, get to his house um and then he's like yeah sweet man uh just grab your stuff i'll bring you to your room and um and then walking in following him and uh and then all of a sudden he i thought we were going to the main house but he starts he turns to the barn and starts walking up the stairs so, okay okay yep start following him and then he uh goes in turns to the left opens the door and there's just you know there's match in the ground a space heater and he's just like there you go man have at it you know and i was like oh all right sweet and uh Literally woke up the next morning. I had uh, had frost in my duvet, and you know, oh, a little chilly. But uh, you know, part of me is kind of thinking like, "Oh man, like what have I done? Like what am I doing here?" But uh, but got to meet the people and just figure out how you know passionate New Zealanders are about their rugby. And managed in those six months, I learned so much about the game and just about the culture and everything. And just super, super thankful for the opportunity as well. So. Exactly. Plus, you Canadians can handle a bit of cold, so I don't think he was worried about you getting frosty. Yeah, exactly. He probably thought it would be a bit too warm for me, to be honest. <laughs> just chucking back in his natural habitat. I'm just getting yeah, cold. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm glad to hear. I was I was very jealous of you when I saw you were in New Zealand, and like you said, the people there are second to none. Dude, yeah. I mean, so, so moving on from Shonigan, you end up at University of Vic. You're one of the Vikes, doing strong, going well. How is the university like? So once again, bringing it back to the comparisons, you see college football live on TV over here. That gets like a couple of million people watching it over here, never mind in the stands. Do you guys have that same attraction when you're playing university rugby? Is it big sellout events or are we are we talking like mums and dads and friends and family? Oh yeah, we, we get about five million people out to the uh the vaccines actually. Tailgates, <laughs> nothing but tailgates as far as I can see. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, no, it's definitely again a bit of a bit of a niche thing um i think just thinking back off the top of my head uh playing for the vikes i think either the biggest um the the most fans we got was either for the national final uh back in 2019 uh like playing out in concordia that was mm -hmm. maybe i want to say maybe a thousand people in the stands maybe um uh and then Playing back in Victoria, we played a Friday Night Lights game, and again, there's probably maybe five, six hundred people there. So, so yeah, it's definitely. really not that big, then. No, it's like well, many people. Yeah, that's a thing, right? So it, it's not that big. It's um, again, yeah, it's, it's such a, it's such a, yeah, niche market out here that you know, like you, you feel like it's a lot bigger than it is. I feel, um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot of 
um yeah mom's dad sort of you know girlfriends coming out to watch sort of thing um but uh yeah it's it's not not unfortunately not as big as college football i mean hopefully it'll get there one day um you know obviously a lot of work to do before that but but yeah it's basically yeah you, you um show up and just give it your off the university i mean for when my first year going to uvic back in 2016 was actually I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure it was either the first or the second year that rugby was actually a varsity sport. Before that, it was just a club sport in the university. So basically, club sport is just obviously recreational. It's just completely funded by the players. <clears throat> um, and then, um, but then, uh, yeah, we we had like duct tape was paid and everything by the university. But um, but then it, it turned uh, varsity, and then you know, sort of thing. We've got a few benefits there and whatnot, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, unfortunately not as big as uh, America, like college football yet, but um, hopefully we'll get there one day. No, we'll do well. well. Anyway, mate, that brings us to the end of your passionate school career and your university life through rugby. So it's going to leave me quite on nice. So we're going to talk about the bit that everybody will have tuned in, the exclusive first interview of the LHLTDs, James O'Neill. So we'll get on. We're going to start right in the beginning. Um. Well, firstly, you're going to enjoy your first game when you're playing in the Coliseum and you've got like 20,000 fans there. That's going to be a big change for you. But yeah. actually, just like that, how do you think that's going to feel when you get your first game and all the fans are there? You yeah. Gonna, are you going to go for the mindset of block it out and I'm still playing on the field in Cochrane? Or are you going to be like, I am I am the big deal now. I'm going to show everybody I'm a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, obviously, obviously, a lot of work uh, still got to do before I get to that point. But um, just think about that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, obviously, it's super exciting, right? Like, if you had the opportunity to play in front of twenty thousand people, um, but I feel like definitely my mindset will going in and um, just blocking it out because I, I know I just feel like if you focus too much on the the fans and kind of you know the peripheral what's going on, then it'll kind of take away your focus for the game and everything. So, yeah, I mean, if I yeah, what you know, if I work hard enough, get that opportunity. Um, yeah, it'll be crazy. I mean, obviously, gorgeous facility, to say the least. I mean, living in LA would be amazing, to say the least. But playing in the Coliseum as well, just unbelievable. So, Such yeah, iconic stadium as well. It's actually like it's like people know it over here. What's that it shows how famous it is? Yeah, I mean, and then uh, I don't know if you you probably had the opportunity though, or to see um, like pictures or videos of like the locker room stuff too. Eh, like it just mm -hmm. it looks massive, and it, yeah, it just looks like a pretty good setup to say at least mate so i want to talk about the draft itself but i don't want to talk about i don't want to ask you the the stereotypical questions i don't want to be like oh how was this but like so prior to the draft the things that have interested me because obviously you see all these you see these people having like parties and things like that and everybody knew like so did you know beforehand that you were even in contention for the draft because i know obviously you have to declare for these things but were you just thinking if i get a contract somewhere i get a contract where you like i'm in the draft and i expect to be selected in the draft yeah so me personally every player is different uh some teams reach out to players and kind of talk to them said yeah we're, we're gonna look to take you in the first second round but for me personally no one reached out um i i kind of had you know um like hope to go somewhere but to mm -hmm. tell you the complete truth i had no idea if i was gonna get picked up um you know had had a hunch about a few teams because um, like prior to the draft, I was, you know, talked to a couple of teams, not nothing serious, but 
um, just a few conversations here and there. So I, I was hopeful to say the least, but um, I had no idea. Um, and then, yeah, when, when that pick came out for the Giltinis, yeah, it was just unbelievable. I mean, I was just shocked, didn't know didn't know how to react to be honest with you just so excited because <clears throat> uh, funny story I was, I was watching it on the live stream and then uh our live stream cut out so i had to go back and uh watch it on the rugby network um where it's just up there you can just watch it anytime and so i was we we're just watching the draft like going through every pick but we were 20 minutes behind and um all of a sudden my phone started exploding and i just but i, I just i just didn't even look at it i just muted it because yeah. I, I just didn't want to know that right like i was just like so like I was eyes glued to the TV, you know, just every pick, just seeing if it was going to go or not, and yeah, and then LA came around and picked me. So yeah, I love I love the thought of you being the last person to know you've been selected by the guilty or the guilty Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that's incredible. So were you, were you with like mum and dad and things like that, or were you just chilling with like your mates and your your roommate? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the folks are out of town at the moment. You know, just oh, no. obviously super selfish. Like, why would they? Gonna- <laughs> I know I'm in the draft. Like, why would they? Gonna- uh, <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I was with um, with my roommate Emerson, Emerson Pryor. Shout out to the uh, the male nurse, absolute warrior. You know, just out there battling the front lines. But uh, I was say, the front line warrior, what is it? The the essential worker. That's what he is. Class. Yeah, I mean, he has a bit of an ego, you know. So don't don't say that to him too much. No, you know? any any anybody that works in the healthcare industry stuff, like that, all the all the time in the world for super, yeah. superheroes in my book. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a great lad, he's a great lad. But yeah, I was watching with uh, with Emerson, and then. With my girlfriend Lexi as well, so uh, shout out Lexi Cronk. She's uh, she wrote at UVic actually, funny enough. So, um, hey, man, if, if, if she's good, she can come on the podcast. All sports welcome, not just rugby on this podcast. Hey man, she's uh, you know, she's has quality dad jokes, I'm sure she'd fit in just right, just well. I hear so, yeah, you've, you've seen the standard of my jokes, so she's better than me. So, we'll get her on. Oh, yeah, come on, it's not saying much, Annie. So, come on, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just watching it with uh. Emerson and Lexi, and then uh, with uh, Emerson's friend Rachel as well. So, yeah, Manny, yeah, it was awesome. It was just a real cool experience. And you know, we're we're thinking about setting up the uh, you know the Instagram live, you know, because obviously everyone would be tuning in, <laughs> and thousands of viewers, just just like the NFL right now. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be there. I'd be there. <laughs> hey, thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, no, obviously, yeah, uh, bit of a more of a humble experience, sure, but yeah, still nonetheless awesome. Really cool, mate. So cool. Like the thing. Like for me to say, I know somebody that was in the draft because we think of the drafts as such big monumental occasion, and it, it is what it is. It's a life changing event. So for you to get there, it's like, so how did how did the emotions hit when you eventually caught up with the live stream and you figured out where you were? Was it like a was it like a, a jump off the sofa of I'm in the draft, or was it a proper almost the world sort of you know in like the cartoons where the world disperses and they're just surrounded by black? Was it one of those where you're just like I'm in my own head right now? Yeah, yeah, I kind of, looking back on it, you know, obviously you, you can't control how you're going to react to things. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of, I don't, I don't regret it, but it just seemed like I was, because. <laughs> cool, cool, calm and collected, just like. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen, yeah. No, uh, but it's definitely what you said, like the second one, just everything kind of like blacked out and I was kind of like, you know, um, and then everyone else was watching it with, just jumped off the couch and, um we're super excited but um yeah i was just kind of like just still taking it in so yeah crazy i still i still can't believe i still can't believe the way you found it because obviously i'm a massive american football fan so i see when they phone the draft they phoned them prior so i can't believe that generally the first time you saw that you were a guilty 
was when you saw George Killebrew just stood there reading your name in a photo of your own face. I would, I would think I've been pranked. Like, I'd think we've gone. I'd have looked at my roommate and be like, "You've you've managed to knacker the feed and set something up." Like, yeah. So, so did, did the guillotine phone you after it? Like, did, were they just like, hey, "Did you see the draft?" Or yeah, for, well, um, <laughs> funny enough, I, um, I I actually when I was watching the live stream, it, it cut out and I had to go back and yeah. uh, figure it out again. Um, my agent actually called me and uh, he was like. He's like, you watching the draft? I said, yeah, yeah, but I'm like behind. Like, don't say anything. And he's like, he's like, okay, but yeah. Before before he said that, he uh, or so before I said that, he said, do you want to know which team you're going to? I said, no, 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 just just give me a sec, give me a second. So uh, yeah, so I, I knew I got picked up by a team, but I didn't know which one. And then yeah, obviously Guiltini's picked me, and then uh, got a got a phone call from the manager. Um, about ten minutes after I found out, so it, it took a little bit for them to reach out, but yeah, just. Just basically when they're they're chatting away, um, it was just crazy, right? Just obviously I didn't have a lot to say, <laughs> trying to try not to say anything stupid, but basically just listen. Um, but yeah, it was just a crazy phone call, you know. Just that's when it. I'd say that's when it probably really sunk in when I when I got that phone call and kind of had that personal connection with the Guiltinis. But yeah, it was just crazy, man. Just awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. When do they when do they get you down to start preseason and things like that? How long you got left in good old Cochrane? Carol Cochran. But uh yeah, um yeah, so I'm actually um talking to the team right now, trying to figure that out. Um mm-hmm. but typically preseason usually starts uh in December or January, but I know the Guiltinis have um kind of like a, a few feeder teams uh that play in like local club comps that mm-hmm. they might want me to come down and play in. So yeah, basically just figuring out when best time to come down is really. I mean, currently, um, also with the Pacific Pride, we have a like a comp coming up here in the fall, um, which would be quite good uh, to play in. So, and that lasts for a couple months. So might try playing that and then um, maybe go down after that. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when I, when I know. <laughs> Amazing. I'll get, I'll get the scoop again. Get the first exclusive, then get the scoop. 100%. There you go. It, spe- it speaks volumes to you, and I'm sure when all the, the famous faces watch the podcast that they'll see, but it speaks volumes to you that you're like, I still want to play my rugby. I want to make sure that I can stay healthy and stay on top of my game. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Right, I'm going to have to ask you quickly while we jump in, because it's going to really annoy me if I don't. How did you manage to get the massive scratch crush forehead? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I know, perfect timing, eh? Just uh, <laughs> on a podcast. Uh, yeah, and like I couldn't get any uglier. But um Oh, you're very harsh on yourself. You're very uh, harsh. Yeah. So I, I was actually uh, playing a game yesterday. Um, so the did you, did you win? Most important game. Did you win? Uh, unfortunately not. But uh, it's a uh, was playing in a trial match. So um, the uh, Canadian U20s um, are actually currently training. Funny enough to talk about them, and um, mm-hmm. they just put the word out to a few alumni um, to like kind of come out and just kind of you know play play a few minutes for them. Um, yeah just kind of help out here and there. So yeah, here's me thinking, oh yeah, I'll, I'll come uh, play play against the U20s, kind of have a bit of a laugh and then boom, you know, just get stepped on the forehead. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So I guess that's just the way rugby goes, but yeah, unfortunately pretty, uh, pretty dead center. Can't really get away from that one. Hey, it's cool. Girls love scars. I'm sure the missus loves a scar once it heals. Yeah. Yeah. Once it heals. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just go do it. Do I do? If I get caught, just push the fringe down instead of pushing out for it and then just go from there. Yeah, just get the bangs on, eh? That looks always looks super, super cool. 
exactly. I'll, I'll rock it. I'll be the first man to rock the rock the bangs. Yeah, do it up. So I saw I saw in the post when you got announced, and I saw all the names commenting. Have all the big names been in touch yet? Have you had like has DTH been for blowing up the phone, getting in touch, or has Adam Ashley Cooper phoned up yet? Yeah, I don't know, Adam. Uh, Mr. Cooper hasn't called me yet. I don't know why. Maybe he's, he he's, in, he's in travel. It's tight time zone, Australia, and that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's why he hasn't reached out yet. But uh, no, but um, luckily enough, DTH has uh, reached out. Um, so yeah, I actually met DTH when I was playing for Canada U19. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually went on tour to Wales, and um, DTH was playing for the Scarlet Scarlets at that point. So I had the opportunity to meet him there, and you know, every every once in a while, I kind of would reach out to him and pick his brain about a few things here and there. So. You know, obviously we're not best mates or anything, but I definitely know him prior. And um, yeah, he reached out and kind of said, "Hey, man, congrats!" Uh, and kind of gave him the scoop and everything. And yeah, so it's just really cool to just have guys like that reach out and you know, it just makes you feel a part of it for sure. And just yeah, really appreciate uh, you know him reaching out and making sure everything's okay. And if I need anything, he definitely said, uh, "Don't hesitate to reach out." So amazing. And last, last but not least, about LA. Are you taking the cowboy boots and the bolo tie and the hat all the way down? You're gonna be Canadian. Is the Canadian cowboy going south, or is the Canadian cowboy retiring for a couple of years while he becomes an LA superstar? Uh, well, yeah, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Where are you going? You're, you're, you're very humble about all of this. Bro. You're going. You're going to like the center of media world in LA, and you're just like, I'll just be chilling and just living my life. Dude, I might have to uh, start a memes account. You know, just all the things. Up. Because 100% I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb, man, like rubbing with the uh, locals in L.A. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, got, obviously got to bring the boots and the uh, the bowl of time, man. You know, you got to you gotta stay true to who you are, and you can't forget about that. So, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll uh, just, you know, maybe some people see it as uh, me being a Marmite person, but, uh, you know, whether they like me or they won't. But, yeah, no, I, I reckon they're coming for sure, yeah. Mate, if you're true to yourself, it's very difficult not to like somebody that's true to themselves. So I think you'll be fine. Mate, we're approaching the end now. We have absolutely smashed through it. I could sit here and talk to you all day about you becoming a superstar, but I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable and think you've got some weird, creepy fan on the other side of the, the ocean. So I'll play it cool. I'll play it cool as a fan. I'm, going to be a, I'm now a friend who's a fan who's now a super fan, so you're fine. Let's go. 100%. Let's go. Let's go. Right, mate. So we're approaching the end. The next section, the one that I'm a big fan of, is the under the team bus. Basically, similar to your quick fires before, instead of the which one you'd prefer, you've just got to name the player that comes to your head when you think of the question. Okay. So <laughs> if anything's embarrassing, I'm sure you'll have a few more DMs. Your phone won't probably blow up quite as much as it did when you got drafted, but there'll be a few messages going, bro, what you say? Not true. Not true. It's, everyone's going to be watching this podcast, man. Come on. All right, Mate, hey, we're almost we're almost the, the our first thousand listens across the episodes, which ain't bad for for ten no, podcasts in. That's awesome! Congrats, know, doing well. Awesome. Some kid in his some kid in his room just talking to talking to a screen. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, still still in people's man. Didn't even move out yet. Trying, but ah, man, why would you move away <laughs> from that place? That place is like the center of the universe, man. Come on, exactly. John and Debs, hard to get hard to get away from John and Debs. That's my mom yeah. and dad. For the don't know, show your mom and dad. <laughs> uh, great host, man. Great host. Hey, gonna have to give them commission from this episode now. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, mate. So teammate section with James O'Neill. Right, let's get started. Who's the hardest tackler you've ever played with or played against? Uh hardest tackler. Ooh. 
I'd have to give it to uh, my good buddy Cody Hawks. He uh, good boy from Red Deer, Alberta. Uh, just you know, you look at him. He doesn't look like the biggest guy ever, but I mean, he's just heading the spokes, and yeah, he'll take anything down. So I'd, yeah, I'd say Cody Hawks. Nice folds folds people like cheap suits is the phrase we have over here. There you go, absolutely. Right, he's got the fastest feet. Ooh, uh, ooh, fastest feet. I think I'd have to give that one to uh, to uh, Will Priscilla. He, uh, you know, it's it's close one between him and his brother Matt Priscilla. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, Will uh, Will's the older one, and you know, I'm sure he'll put uh, put Matt in his place. So, yeah. Fair. No, yeah. Right here's the human turnstile. Who can't tackle for love nor money? Just lets people go by like a sort of round clicker. Oh, uh, definitely would have to give that one to, ah, uh, oh my God, man. Uh, <laughs> that's the reaction I want. I just wanted that. We can stop there. Ah, <laughs> uh, human turnstile. Uh, oof. Well, I mean, you know, I had to deal with uh, with my brother growing up, you know, like he, he would run the ball everywhere and make all the kicks. I'd make all his tackles. So I guess I'd have to call, you know, my brother, Connor O'Neill, the uh, human turnstile, you know, <laughs> that's just the way the road. Sorry, bud. Connor, man, I hope you're doing well. I've, like I said, I still keep in touch with your brother every now and again, but not as frequently as me and you, but Connor, I hope you, hope you're well, bro. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently you can't tackle for shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate, who's most up for a night out? He's on the Canada under 20s getting everybody banned from orange juice and cokes. Oh, definitely Emerson Fryer, without a doubt. My roommate. Yeah, whether you whether you want to or not, he'll be in your room with a beer. All right, but here we go. We're sending her. So mate, I was I was introduced to shotgun and beers by Canadians and then it's changed my life ever since. Were you really? No way. Yeah, man. We had um they were a school, they weren't from near you guys. This was a second tour they came over. This was a different tour than when you guys came down. And we were all a bit older at the time, so we had the older guys. And we remember we hosted like a little party and John and Debs hosted, you know, the big ones and they the, the party goers, so they hosted. And there's this one kid who clearly was like destined for a future of ice hockey because he was like built like a brick. And he was just like, and I just started drinking a beer. He's like, you're drinking it wrong. And I was like, there's only one hole. So I don't really know how I'm drinking this wrong. And he just pulled out what could only be described as like a bullet on a chain. Yeah, and he was like, he just stabbed the can and drank it, and I was like, oh my god, he's absolutely psycho, eh? Yeah, loved it. Dude, yeah. Just revolutionate, revolutionizing the game, you know? Exactly. Just Canada doing what Canada does, revolutionizing yeah. the game. Right, where'd I go? Most of for night. Who can't handle a night out? Who's the biggest lightweight? Again, Emerson Pryor. He he gets <laughs> all the boys going. He rounds them up, but like once he has two beards and then he's just gone, you know, just huge lightweight. So. <laughs> and uh, sorry, I. I know you're typically going to do this supposed to be quick fire, but no, I'm going to have to go back to the, uh, the turnstile and oh, without a doubt, it's uh, James Sublato, uh former, uh, former UVic Vikes uh, teammate. Love him, love him to death. You know, great attacker with the ball in hand, but yeah, he's uh yeah, I don't know. It's just every time he goes to make a tackle, he just trips up at the last minute or something or yeah, I don't know what happens, but yeah. Dirt gets in his eye or something. That's what happens. Yeah. Just super unlucky, but you know, that's just the way it is. It's cool, man. You can you can tag them all in the post when it comes out. You can just be like, I just want to nominate this person, this person, and this person. There you go. Bingo. <laughs> right, man. Who's got the worst fashion sense? Who's the guy that turns up in some clothes and you're just like, mate, what are you wearing? Honestly, it's probably me, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to go first. But honorable mention, 
Ooh. Oh, definitely Gabriel Casey, without a doubt. That guy is just uh, <laughs> in his own world, man, just does whatever he wants. And he's, yeah, all the credit to him, respect the hell out of it. But, uh, yeah, he sometimes just like, man, like, what are you doing? What are you wearing? Wait, what, what are we talking? Are we talking like vest and jeans or are we talking like outrageously colorful stuff? Oh, definitely outrageously colorful stuff. I'll, I'll give you a little, uh, a quick little story just to kind of put this in context. We, um, yeah, back in 2019, we we're um, fortunate enough to uh, win the the university national title, um, which is a pretty sweet experience. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, a few months later, we got invited to uh, the banner raising of, uh, yeah. of the title, and it was it happened at the uh, halftime of the basketball game at UVic. So nice. yeah, pretty cool experience. Went in um, to the uh, yeah to the basketball stadium, and there's actually a lot of people there. Funny enough, uh, watching the game and um everyone was uh you know dressed in black pants and uh a polo <clears throat> and then gabe showed up and he was just wearing he, black pants but i'm pretty sure he's wearing his birkenstocks without socks so uh <laughs> he's not a uh flops and socks man but uh, mm-hmm. and uh he's just wearing like a like a white t-shirt um we got for like winning the winning nationals and kind of went up to him and i had a uh just like a blue like varsity zip up uh shirt or uh jacket just give to him i was like man because obviously I know, wow. yeah i know i know he's what he's like he's he's a bit of a, a bit of a bronco for sure but uh, i was like man please put this on at least and then uh <laughs> we walk out there and you know uh everyone's clapping or whatever and i, I look back and gage just has the top like tied around his waist <laughs> oh, i guess i guess he put it on but he uh i wasn't that clear so that's on me but uh yeah, the guys definitely has the uh, worst fashion sense, I'd say, besides me. Yeah. What an animal. I, I want to meet this guy. I want to meet this man. Yeah, good time, man. He's a good time. Mate, you, you have to get me on a night out. We'll have to go. When you have a UVic alumni night out, I'll just have to catch on. 100%. Get, get a flight in the room somewhere. Yeah, fire it up. Let's go. <laughs> or just drink so long we don't have to pay for a hotel. We can just keep going. Just get yeah. a flight home. <laughs> you have some serious wisdom there, man. You just figure it all out, eh? Mate, casinos. Casinos never shut <laughs> yep. well no just just don't go to the table just don't let them kick you out you're good dude I'm just gonna hang out at the buffet all good no worries exactly right now who's the biggest joker you've ever had in the changing room who's the biggest prankster oh, uh these these are great questions um i took time i took time with these <laughs> get on you get on you did, did your homework um biggest joker i Ooh, would have to go with oh man uh definitely have to go with my good buddy carter white uh he's uh another uvic boy um just one of the funniest people you ever meet in your life man just we'll have you in stitches um uh and he's just such a beauty man but i swear like he his pranks are so good and his, his jokes are so good. I swear that's all he does in the library all day. Just like sit there and like take it way more serious than his studies. He's, he's taking engineering, but um, yeah, man, just, just such a funny guy, man. <laughs> that's what we love, right? Who's the best dancer? Who's the guy that's always cutting shapes in the changing room after a win or even after a loss when he's trying to cheer the team up? Oh, definitely Jenna Tufo without a doubt. I mean, the guy is just absolutely uh, shredded great looking guy a bit of a man rocket and yeah he just he just knows how to move those hips man I, i'm just, he's still trying to teach me but i'm a lost cause so <laughs> mate no the best dancer is the one that can't dance and it follows on nicely who's the worst dancer 
<laughs> Worst answer would have to be. Ooh, without a doubt, Jackson Matthews. Absolutely, he just. He, I don't know. He just he whips out the uh, the old uh, classic dad moves and stuff, and he, he thinks it's. You know, he still thinks it's hip, hip man, but I don't know. Just I, I try and stay He's away from. Two stepping it. in the club. Two stepping. Yeah. In the club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Right, right mate. Who's the best? Who's the most naturally skilled rugby player you've ever played with? Who's not maybe necessarily like the best player, but the guy who just has those skills just inherit inside him. Like never has to practice skills. He just has them. Um. Oh, I would have to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. These, yeah, these supposed to be uh, quick fire, but yeah. It's, no, but it's, be it's better when you think about it because then I know it's a real answer. I know you're not just picking <laughs> names. <laughs> not, uh, not just pure banter, yeah. Um, oh, natural. Um, man, honestly, just on natural ability, I'd have to go with uh, Stephen Comerford, man. Um, a kid from uh, Ontario. Uh, mm -hmm. Played uh, U20 with him. Um, when we played against the States and man, I, I, I recognize the name. So I think I watched him play. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's lights out, man. Like he, when he, uh, the boys ribbed him real good because when he first showed up to the, uh, Canada U20 trial, he's wearing an all blacks jersey and we're all like, Oh, look, we got an all black in the room boys. Like, oh, like but, uh, no, man, just, you know, he's just such a, just a humble fella. But like you look at him and no disrespect, but you, you don't, you don't think much. You're like, ah, oh, you know, just, regular guy but yeah just when he gets a ball in his hand you know the boys will talk about it man it just you know you get those some players that it just seems like they have so much time on the ball you know like it's almost like time yeah. just slows down for them they have the ability to pick out gaps and just run out the right holes and everything and yeah he's just he's just got it man he just it's almost like he just has, doesn't have to think about it so well boy i'm gonna have to go back and watch that game because i remember watching you against the state so i'm gonna have to go back and see if i can pick him out yeah man 100 please do Right, mate. Who's the future coach? Who's the player that you look at and just say you're going to be a coach when you're older? Oh, definitely uh, Taitutsi Vicalani for sure. Um, that's what a uh, name. What a name. Yeah, yeah great, uh, great Canadian name, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he's uh, currently playing with us uh, in the Pacific Pride U23. Um, he uh, Tongan heritage originally, um, and yeah, just absolute beauty, man. Just uh, super skillful, but. Um, definitely knows how to crack the whip and keep the boys in line so love that that's exactly what you want from a coach a boy that has all the skills and keeps everybody humble exactly 100 percent. right now final few who's uh oh no this will be the last one because you want on you want to know what nando is never mind right oh mate do you know what nando's is yeah of course go on yeah world oh. famous man come on there you go well you've got that's the next one but we'll go after that right one before You've got a good post post game. You've got a cheat. Somebody's got a cheeky interview coming up. Who hogs the mirror the most post game? Who Each hogs the mirror? Pretty. Yeah, who hogs the mirror post game? Oh, without a doubt, Cole Davis for sure. Uh, yeah, that was probably the fastest answer. But I remember he uh, back in my first year playing U twenties, we we're roommates, and you know have a you know you got the roommate code. You you don't go anywhere without your roommate. You got to make sure he's not late for meetings and everything, and you always mm -hmm. got each other's backs. But holy man, like he was testing my patience by the end. We. Every time we had to leave the room, it'd take him about 15 minutes to do his hair. And Sarah's probably shorter than mine, man. I, you know, for me, I'd get it wet, comb it, and you're done. But yeah, he put all the gels on it, the fancy products, and and uh, oh man, I try and 
I'd uh, try to rib him a little bit about it. And <laughs> you get so fired up. He just actually get, he's like, what, what do you mean by that name? So yeah, no doubt. Cole Davis, hundred uh, percent. Cole Davis, right. You got to look your best, but you got to be on time. Number one, got to be on time. hundred percent. Right, man. So the last question then. So when you get to Nando's, you can choose how hot you want your Nando's when you order it. Right. So who is most likely to order a plain Nando's? Who's most likely to order it with no spice? No spice kind of guy. I'd say uh, Tom Davidson. He's a straight shooter, another team at the Pacific Pride. Um, yeah, just uh, pretty plain, pretty uh, pretty plain guy for sure. Boom, there you go. That's under the team boss of James O'Neill. There you go. I don't think you've lost too many friends there. I think that's pretty calm and collected. Yeah, we'll see. Ooh, getting, the, getting the angry uh, phone calls as we speak. Your, bro- your brother will message me on Instagram and be like, go and cut that bit out of the podcast. I'll be like, mate, it's out, it's out in the world now. I can't do anything out in the world. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, mate, one final question before we hit the route home and I'll let you get on with your Saturday and then I go back on the beers and celebrate my holiday. Yeah. Right, mate, you've team win, massive. Your first win for the Guiltinis. You've just scored three tries, 12 turnovers, no tackles missed. Game of the century in the Coliseum, your first game in front of more than six people. <laughs> They give you, you go, you've got to get three songs on. They've got to be three cheesy pop songs. What three cheesy pop songs are you listening? I feel like there's going to be a lot of ABBA in here now after you mentioned Mamma Mia. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just a sing, sing along, right? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely um, Mamma Mia by ABBA's got to be out there. Um, but then uh, just a bit of a curveball. Got to play, um, uh, I don't know who's it by. It's, it's a ridiculous song, but uh, Light Up Sketchers. Um, I've never heard that song. No. I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you the link for it. But uh, it just, it's just so funny. Everybody, uh, Liam Casey, um, he's another guy. He, he, honorable mention about getting all the boys out uh, mm-hmm. on on the uh, on the sauce. But he just puts that song on, and everyone knows it's just time to go. Let's give it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, light up Sketchers, uh, and then ooh, I, I had a good one in my head. Uh, Tip my tongue. Oh, um, have to go with, uh, uh, yeah, they have to be cheesy pop songs, don't they? So, uh, Man, pick any song. If it's a song that's gonna get the boys ready, then this is a song. Then, uh, excuse my language, but uh, then I'll have to put on Kiss Me, I'm Shit Face by the Dropkick Murphys. You heard that song before? <laughs> Mate, I haven't, I must be honest with you. Dude, it's it's uh you, you gotta hang on for the ride but um it's, well, it's, 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 it's just written down now it'll be on it'll be on the playlist tonight all right on the playlist. fire it up man it'll it'll uh definitely push you in the right direction i'm sure i also love that you apologize to swearing bro it's a scottish podcast people swear and they don't notice they've sworn yeah fair <laughs> well you uh you folks up down there just talk so fast right just mumble everything anyways so you can't understand <laughs> what you're saying mate you're making me sound bad i'm gonna speak really slowly now i'm gonna be, I'm gonna be <laughs> You're gonna be watching this back, and I'm gonna be like, he didn't understand a word I just said. He's just agreeing. <laughs> no, luckily I uh, got a Scottish father, so uh, I, I know how to speak Scottish. That's for sure. But uh, I know how to understand it. So, but yeah, I always have Canadian Canadian friends. You talk to Scots all the time, and just have no idea what they're trying to say. So, uh, you're right. We mumble, but you know, it's a secret code. Dude, so so do I, man. So I'll do. <laughs> right. Well, James, shoot, mate. Thank you so much for your time, especially on a Saturday morning. Love that from you. That's us at the end of the podcast. So we're going to get ourselves out of here, get ourselves on the right. James, where can they find you on social media if they want to follow your story? Yeah, you uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram is uh, James underscore S underscore O'Neill. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, please uh, follow along. 
And yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Again, love your show. It's awesome. And uh, good luck with it. And yeah, thanks a lot for having me as a guest. Appreciate Mate, it. Good luck with you. We'll have to get you back on in a year and you can tell us about your first year as a guillotine. Absolutely. Maybe I'll be uh, just suntan and pretty at that point, you know? So. <laughs> nothing nothing but an even tan and budgie smugglers on. That'll be it. Exactly. Boom. The lifestyle. Right, folks, we're getting out of here today. Like and subscribe for follow the podcast if you're watching on YouTube. Give us a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That helps me so much more than you guys can imagine. The ratings are key. If you're going to be mean, I don't want to hear it. It's not good. You've got to be nice on social media. Any constructive criticism, DMs are always open. Always want to hear how we can improve the podcast. If you are going to be mean, at least make it funny, then we'll retweet and get it that way. There we go. Cop some likes. Right. Huge shout out to Wild Haggis. Remember our podcast partner. They're amazing. Over an 80 at checkout gets you 10% off. If you want to be a podcast partner, you want to come join the podcast, get involved, hit us up in the DMs. They're always open. You can contact us on email. Contact us on Twitter or Instagram. They're the only socials we're on right now, but we're always open. We're always listening. James, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody else, thank you for listening. Hopefully see you again next week. Thank you guys very much. Bye.